0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of Prospect Bar, and I'm Curtis Ratner. I know it's been a while, uh, way too long, but Prospect Barn is back, and we will consistently bring you new episodes. That is a promise. I know it has been kind of shaky lately. There's been a lot of things going on behind the scenes that have made us not able to produce episodes, but we are back. Uh, unfortunately, due to technical issues, Jeff is not with us and will not be able to record today or not really sure when he'll be back, to be honest. But regardless, uh, I'll be doing this episode by myself. I've never done one by myself before with no co-host, so I don't know how it'll go. Uh, I'll be trying to get some guests coming on in the future maybe, and if this goes well, maybe continue to put some more out here by myself. But again, not sure how it's going to go, so we'll test it out see how it is. Uh, We haven't recorded since the World Junior ended, so we might as well start there. Uh, It was a great tournament again. Uh, I'll never get tired of the World Juniors. Every year it comes around, it's one of my favorite parts of the year. And uh, this year definitely didn't disappoint. It was U.S. and Canada in the World Junior Gold Medal game. What more could you ask for as a hockey fan? Uh, Two historic rivals, two of the best hockey nations, especially recently. U.S. has been getting a lot more international attention lately, I'd say. They've been producing superstar NHL talent, Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, obviously Patrick Kane. But uh, young American talent just continues to produce, and uh, Trevor Zegris is the next guy. That seems to be the next American superstar wave. Uh, obviously, doing it in World Juniors and doing it in the NHL are completely different, but this kid has all the tools to do it in the NHL one day, and uh, I really hope he does. But uh, focusing on the, on the game, uh, it was U.S.-Canada gold medal game. Canada was looking to become the first repeat champ since 2009. The last four gold medal games between U.S. and Canada, in 1997, Canada took it, and then the U.S. won three straight in 04, 2010, and 2017. Uh, this Canada team was just so good. Uh, one game situation, anything can happen, obviously. And it did happen. They ended up losing the game. But uh, going into this game, they were 6-0 in the tournament, outscoring opponents 41-4, had not allowed a 5-on-5 goal the entire tournament, and had not trailed in the tournament. Uh, the guy we just talked about, Trevor Zegers, had this to say before the game, said, quote I honestly don't think they've been tested with the real team yet. I honestly don't think this goalie has been tested 5-on-5 yet. Uh, speaking of the goalie, it was Devin Levi, seventh uh, round, 212th overall to the Florida Panthers. On the other side, also a Florida Panthers prospect, Spencer Knight, 13th overall in 2019. Uh, he was great this tournament, had a little bit of a shaky start, but he settled down and played unbelievable. His stat line for the tournament six games played, 163 goals against, 940 save percentage, and three shutouts uh, at. At BC this year in the NCAA, it's been pretty much the same. 18 games, 199 goals against, 973 or 937 saves, sorry, and three shutouts. Trevor Zegers went into that gold medal game with six goals, 10 assists in six games. Ended up having one and one in the game to make it a total of seven goals, 11 assists in seven games, earning him tournament MVP honors. Uh game final score was 2-0. Spencer Knight, 33, th- 33 save shutout. U.S. goals coming from Alex Turcott in the first and Trevor Zegers in the second. Uh, I say my biggest takeaways from this tournament, I'm going to break this down by team. Starting with the U.S., Trevor Zegers is the real deal. We just said seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points in seven games. Tournament MVP, best player on the ice, seemingly every night. Uh, Spencer Knight was great when it mattered. Again, that huge 33 save shutout and then gold medal game. Uh, US doesn't win that tournament without him, I don't think. Uh, Cam York, I thought, was great shutdown defenseman. Flyers fans get excited about him. He was, I, I knew he was good, don't get me wrong, but he really impressed me this tournament. Uh, Cole Caulfield, only two goals and three assists for five points in seven games. I thought he struggled. I really did. Uh, I'm going to say my Cole Caulfield stock has fallen a little bit. By no means am I calling him a bust. People love to kind of write that narrative off. The kid's so young, you can't call this kid a bust yet. Uh, He's had a very good season in the NCAA, though. That being said, he had the OT game-winning goal against Penn State in the Big Ten semifinal game. I think this kid still has potential to be a 40-goal scorer in the NHL. He was just named Big Ten Player of the Week. I just think his game away from the puck needs to be a little bit better. I know, obviously, the stat line wasn't there that you would hope for for him in this tournament, but uh, he obviously was doing enough, enough considering U.S. was still able to win the tournament. So, uh, again, I, I still love Cole Caulfield. I still think he had a potential to score 40 goals. I'll say it again. I just, I think I'm a little bit lower on him now than I was before the tournament. Uh, as far as the rest of the U.S. team goes, for the good, I thought Alex Turcott was good. Matthew Boldy, Arthur Kaliev, John Farinacci, Matty Beneers, who will be draft eligible in 2021, this upcoming season. Uh, Jake Sanderson and Drew Hellison were all good. And then I have to shout out my guy, Brett Berard. One goal, four assists for five points in seven games. Fifth round pick, 134th to the Rangers. Uh, he's kind of a late throw into the team. Not someone they expected to be a big producer, but uh, he was great for them. He was one, of, probably the. I think he might have been the fastest player on the ice. Most of those nights, he seemed to be buzzing around out there. So uh, 134th overall seems like a very good pickup for the Rangers right now with um, Brett Berard. Uh, moving on to Canada, I'd say. No Kirby Doc definitely hurts in that gold medal game, for sure. There's there's no doubt about it. They didn't really seem to need him the rest of the tournament. They were just kind of cruising through everybody. But uh, I think in that championship game, someone that's played in the NHL playoffs before, someone that was the captain of that team before he got hurt, would have been a huge, huge locker room guy, and not to mention what he can do on the ice. So that definitely hurts Canada. Um, Dylan Cousins stepped up in the options of Doc. He lived up to all the hype and more. I thought he's been great in the NHL so far, too. But Buffalo has been again later episode type thing but wow maybe the, this is the worst I've ever I've ever seen Buffalo which is something to say I thought last year's Detroit Red Wings team was the worst team I'd ever seen but uh this Buffalo team I'd say they're worse it's kind of weird to see that back-to-back years like that but they've been terrible um Bo and Byram great I'm I knew he was unbelievable he was my pre-tournament MVP pick uh I think if Canada did win it would have ended up going to Cousins but I think Byron was right behind him uh talk about Colorado Avalanche's defu- future on the on the back end you have like I said Bowen Byram 19 years old Kale McCarr 22 Sam Girard, 22 Ryan Gary 25 obviously you have that star power up front you have Nathan McKinnon on that unbelievably team-friendly deal when one guy takes a team-friendly deal, your best player, everyone else teams to follow. Look at the Bruins. Look at the Penguins. That's how you win cups. Uh, Quinton Byfield, I didn't think he had the best showing. I thought he could have been better. He had a six-point game and a 10-0 win against Swiss. But besides that game, he only had one point point in the other six. Again, similar to Caulfield, not calling him a bust. You can't call an 18-year-old a bust. That's ridiculous. But uh, again, I just thought he could have been better. Uh, Connor McMichael, Peyton Krebs, Alex Newhook, Jamie Drysdale, Braden Schneider, Jacob Pelletier, Thomas Harley, Caden Gooley, and Philip Tomasino, I'd say, were the other standouts for Canada. Uh, they all had solid tournaments. Um, next up is Sweden. Uh, this preliminary round winning streak finally snapped at 54 games, then OT lost to Russia. Wild it went on that long. It was one of the cool stories of the tournament every year, so it's a little bit of a shame to see that end. But I think for them, the, the head coach and a couple key players out because of COVID had a huge impact on that team. Uh, just didn't really have the same feel to it. Uh, I do think they had a lot of good showings from this tournament still. I thought Lucas Raymond, I thought Soderstrom, I thought Gundler, NFL, Holmstrom, I thought Bloom was good, and uh, Pominarov was good too. Uh, Philip Broberg, he battled injuries, but I thought he played well. Uh, I think healthier Broberg, we see a little bit more out of him. And then my my biggest, not issue, but my big one uh, guy that wasn't big for me. I thought Alexander Holtz could have been a lot better. He was a bit of a letdown. Uh, Finland here, we got um, Anton Lundell, 12th overall to the Panthers. Uh, this guy did everything for them. Power play, penalty kill. Uh, on the ice in every situation, he was definitely their best player. And uh, Panthers fans got to be excited about this kid because he looks great. Um, Vili Hanola playing in this third world juniors, battling hand injuries, came back one player of the game in the huge corner final win against their rival Sweden, played big minutes. Uh, if Finland wanted to have any success in this tournament, he had to play a big role and he didn't disappoint. Uh, I thought that he was just calm, a very reliable presence they needed um brad lambert i thought was good he's 2021 draft eligible remember that name i thought vera was very good um couple other guys here i thought Hervonen was good and i thought that uh, uh simon toval was good too uh next up we got the russians can we please stop with the pod Colson slander i thought he showed such grit determination hard out there Um, I thought he was really good, despite not having an insane offensive output. He just seemed to be that calming presence that Russia needed. Uh, I thought Oskarov was good when he needed to be, much better than last year. Um, I thought Kushnadinov was good. He was a very solid player for them. Uh, Avinasev was good. Amirov and Knyazev as well were all good. Uh, Probably my favorite team to watch in the tournament, as weird as this is to say with how much talent there was on all the teams I've just named, but Germany. Uh, something about this German team that just, I, I really was rooting for him. I wanted him to go far. They made the quarterfinals for the first time in uh, tournament history. Uh, I mean, Tim Stutzel, what else is there to say? Uh, unbelievable. Uh, J.J. Paterka, too, I guess. Um, Stutzel was 5-5 five and five for 10 points in five games. Paterka, 4-6. and six. For 10 points in 5 games. And I know I was just slandering Buffalo. And rightfully so. But second round 34th. That looks like a very good pick. Going to need a lot more than just him. To turn that franchise around though. But uh, I mean. Other than that. I would have loved to see more at Cedar on this team. Uh, He's playing in the SHL right now. And alone. Killing it. 26 points in 37 games. He would have brought much needed poise. to that blue line would have been by far their best defenseman. Playing realistically. 30 minutes a night. Don't even think that would be an exaggeration. That would have been huge for them. Um, I'd say the third guy on that line was Stutzel and Paterka. Uh, Florian Elias was good as well. And then Simon Gunup was their best defenseman. But uh, this team just really lacked depth scoring. It was that first line or bust for them. Uh, The team was shorthanded due to COVID, no doubt, missing players. But only eight players on this entire roster recorded a point in the tournament, which is kind of ridiculous. And it makes what Stutzel and Paterko did even more impressive getting that team into the quarters. Um... That's pretty much going to wrap it up for World Junior Talk. Going to just kind of talk a little about the Calder race really quick, some other things. Uh, before we get into the Calder, though, I just wanted to mention that 2021 draft-eligible Luke Hughes, brother of Jack and Quinn, both NHL young studs right now, likely out for the season with a lower body injury. Uh, not really sure what this does to his draft stock. He's uh, I think it's safe to say he's a top-ten pick regardless, but uh, you never know with stuff like this. Uh, not much information on the injury yet but hopefully we learn more uh obviously wishing him the best uh jack and luke are both great young players and i'm sure luke will turn out to be the same uh the calder race for me this year is so interesting it kind of has the 2015 feel to it we had panarin who was the old guy and you had mcdavid who had obviously got hurt but was still you could just tell what mcdavid was going to be mcdavid um you got kaprizov over there in minnesota he's 23 years old you got Tim Stutzel, who's 19, uh, Kevin Lankanen's 25, Capo Kakanen's 24, all having great seasons. Uh, I think you have to give it to Kaprizov right now, though. He's just been the best one. It's not really... He's got, what's he, 26 points in 31 games, which is one less game than uh, Tim Stutzel, and he's got seven more points. Uh it just seems to be more mature than them, and that's because he is. He's older. He's 23. It's similar to the way Panarin came in and was playing with Kane and all that. I know Kaprizov's not playing with anyone like Kane. Him and Matt Zuccarello, one of my favorite players from his Rangers days, uh, they've seemed to get great chemistry playing alongside together, and... I mean, Kaprizov's been great, but seeing all these people online, you know, talking like, oh, he's so much better than Stutzel, he's so much better than Lafreniere, he's so much better than any of these guys, it's like, well, he should be better, he's four years older than them, so he's been playing pro hockey for four years. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from him because he's been unbelievable, and I think he's a star in this league, but yeah, it's it's, it's not it's not a shock to me that he looks better than these 19-year-old kids do. Uh, Other than that, I think Josh Norris has been impressive. Ty Smith in the Devils has been great. I've been high on him for a while. The Devils need a young stud defenseman. He could be it. Uh, Jason Robertson in Dallas has been good. Nils Hoglander, obviously, remember him from the World Juniors last year, not this past one. He was fantastic. Arva Wallstrom has got eight goals. They seemingly all came in this past month. He's been on fire. Every time I turn on an Islanders game, I feel like he's scoring. Uh, Gabe Velarde for the Kings, Eli Tolvanen, uh, Igor Sharangovich had a hot start. He slowed down a little bit. Um, Owen Tippett. There's been a bunch of guys on here. I've been very impressed with Keandre Miller from the Rangers. Uh, I'm not going to overwhelm me with points as a defenseman, obviously, but I just thought he was very steady, very calm with the puck. Uh, again, I get to watch him more. Uh, I do want to talk about Alexi Lafreniere really quick because so similarly to Jack Hughes, everyone is already trying to call this kid a boss, which again is insane. He's 19, like relax. He's not a, give him some time. Joe Thornton had like seven points in his first NHL season, I think. I don't even know if that's the exact number, but it was not a good season. Um We have to factor in with Lafreniere more than any of these people. Kaprizov has played in the KHL. Stutzel had the World Juniors. Alexi Lafreniere hadn't played a game essentially since last March when everything shut down. He didn't go to the world juniors like Stutzlaw. He didn't have uh, any preseason games. He pretty much went camp right in his first NHL game. And I think he's been getting better. David Quinn, I've never never really been big on David Quinn in the sense that he doesn't give the young guys a chance. I thought the same thing with Kako last year. Kako deserved more of a chance to play a top six role and he just wouldn't let him have it. And I'm getting the same kind of feel from Lafreniere right now. Uh, I, I personally have... No concerns that this kid will still be a star in the NHL. You just got to give him time. He's 19. It, it's it's so hard to play in that league. You see some guys like, for example, Stutz will come in and do it, and it's like it's unbelievable. But just because he is able to do it that age, and Lafreniere isn't producing like that, doesn't mean that Lafreniere won't find his game as he gets a little older, a little bigger, a little stronger. I have all the conf- I have all the confidence in the world. He will. Um, that's pretty much I'll wrap it up in terms of the rookies. Just going to talk some general NHL right now. I feel like you can't talk about hockey right now without talking about how good Connor McDavid has been. 60 points in 34 games, 21 goals, 39 assists. He has a legitimate chance to get 100 points in this shortened season, which is insane. Doesn't even make sense. Um, The Hart, Art Ross, they're both gone, locked up, pending some injury. Knock on wood. I really... That'd be awful, but those are both gone. He's got a legit chance for the Rocket as well. Matthews is scoring an unbelievable pace right now. Obviously had that wrist injury, missed a little bit of time. But regardless of that, um, if you st- if at this point you don't think Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL, you're not even worth talking hockey with, honestly. Um, you have Nathan McKinnon's unbelievable. Austin Matthews, unbelievable. Sidney Crosby is still unbelievable. Probably gets a little bit less recognition than he should. Cause he's a little, definitely out of his prime. He's not the guy that we saw once upon a time, but he's still he's still unbelievable hockey player. He's still in my top five. Leon Draisaitl is great, but it's McDavid and then it's everyone else. Every time he touches the puck, every time he's on the ice, you just know something's gonna happen, and it's so much fun to watch. Uh, moving on here now, we'll just really quickly run through a couple of future bets I just made in case you guys are interested. Uh, NHL seasons. Approaching the trade deadline here, expect teams to make moves in the upcoming weeks. You have that weird kind of two-week quarantine thing with Canadian teams and American teams. So I'm not sure if that's going to play an impact as to when these deals all get made. It might not happen as soon or as close to the deadline as usual. But uh, I've got two teams in the north and one in the west that I have futures out on right now. Uh, The Oilers at 40-1, to which I'm sure a couple of you may laugh at, but just give me a second to explain myself, and the Leafs at 10-1. to Uh, I'm not even sure if you get the same value on either of them right now. I'm pretty sure the Leafs are more around like 8. Oilers are probably more around like 30. I snagged them up a couple weeks ago when the value was good. But the Jets are a good team, don't get me wrong. I just think that the defense is eh, as it is with Edmonton. defense is kind of eh. And I think in the series, if they were to play each other, assuming the Leafs get the first seed, I think that in that kind of season, or that kind of series, the oilers goal swearing going to be too much for the jets to keep up with. You have McDavid and Drysaddle going scoring at this unbelievable rate. Uh the Oilers also didn't have Mike Smith for a majority of the season and they've been much better with Mike Smith than they were with Kakkanen early in the year. Um or Koskinen, I apologize, but I, I I just said that I think I'm not saying I think the were going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying that. I think at 40 to one it was worth a bet, and I fired on it. I do love the Leafs still too. Uh, I think Jack Campbell has to be their guy as of right now at least. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen to come playoff time. Freddie could find his game again, but Freddie's been struggling. Jack Campbell's been great. Uh, I think I have the two best teams in the North Division at good value, uh, meaning that I'll be very surprised if one of them is not in the conference final or whatever you want to call it the semifinal the round before the cup I don't know what they're gonna actually call it this year considering it's not conferences matching up but uh I said those are my two for the north and then the abs at eight to one uh it 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 sucks saying that eight to one on a hockey team is value it really does but I just think they're so far and away the best team in the league right now Grubauer has been great this year uh I don't even think McKinnon is really been himself and they still the abs are if i mean these last couple of games i feel that like they're averaging four or five goals a night it's insane uh i said grubauer has been great macar just came back from injury this team is just so good um i think a healthy abs team last year still plays in the final against tampa and what a series that would have been this season again never know with injuries but i love this abs team and uh i think eight to one is enough value to take them uh Last thing I'm going to talk about before I wrap this up here, I know it's a quick episode, but when I'm by myself, I kind of just end up rambling through my notes here. Don't really uh, have anyone to bounce the conversation off, obviously. But uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite NHL prospects, Vitaly Krasov, is expected to make his debut soon. I don't think it'll be today against the Flyers, but uh, shortly expected. And uh, I still have a lot of hope for this kid. Obviously, I would have liked him to be a little bit further along in his progression than now. I would have liked him to be playing in the NHL for probably this whole season than most of last season. But uh it didn't exactly work out that way. But uh he had a great season in Russia. He's going to be coming over. Not expected to be the guy uh, that a lot of rookies have to come in and be the guy type thing on a team like that. The Rangers have... You know the Rangers have their guys already. He'll come in. He'll play a bottom six role. I could see him sliding in nicely in that third line with Lafreniere and Heedle. What an awesome kids line that would be, assuming Kako gets the bump up. But uh, yeah, I-, I can't wait to see La- uh, off out there uh, in a Rangers jersey. It's been a while for me. I've been uh, I've been very excited about this kid since we drafted him. Uh, other than that, I said we'll bring you another episode uh, focusing more on the Frozen Four tournament as that approaches. And uh, continue to just talk rookies, continue to talk NHL as, uh, as the season progresses. So uh, thanks, guys. Have a good one.